Chapter Twenty Six of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume Two, Twenty Years After, by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Rencontre. They rode on in this way for ten minutes. Suddenly, two dark forms seemed to separate from the mass, advanced, grew in size, and as they loomed up larger and larger, assumed the appearance of two horsemen. Ha ha! cried d'artagnan they're coming toward us so much the worse for them said porthos who goes there cried a hoarse voice the three horsemen made no reply stopped not and all that was heard was the noise of swords drawn from the scabbards and the cocking of the pistols with which the two phantoms were armed bridle in the mouth said d'artagnan Porthos understood him, and he and the lieutenant each drew with the left hand a pistol from their bolsters and cocked it in their turn. "'Who goes there?' was asked a second time. "'Not a step forward, or you're dead men!' "'Stuff!' cried Porthos, almost choked with dust and chewing his bridle as his horse chews his bit. "'A stuff and nonsense! We have seen plenty of dead men in our time!' Hearing these words, the two shadows blockaded the road, and by the light of the stars might be seen the shining of their arms. "'Back!' shouted D'Artagnan. "'Or you are dead!' Two shots were the reply to this threat, but the assailants attacked their foes with such velocity that in a moment they were upon them. A third pistol-shot was heard, aimed by D'Artagnan, and one of his adversaries fell. As for Porthos, he assaulted the foe with such violence, although his sword was thrust aside, the enemy was thrown off his horse and fell about ten steps from it. "'Finish, Mouston! Finish the work!' cried Porthos, and he darted on beside his friend, who had already begun a fresh pursuit. "'Well?' said Porthos. "'I've broken my man's skull!' cried D'Artagnan. "'And you?' "'I've only thrown the fellow down.' but hark another shot of a carbine was heard it was mousqueton who was obeying his master's command on on cried d'artagnan all goes well we have the first throw ah ha answered porthos behold other players appear and in fact two other cavaliers made their appearance detached as it seemed from the principal group they again disputed the road this time the lieutenant did not wait for the opposite party to speak. "'Stand aside!' he cried. "'Stand off the road!' "'What do you want?' asked a voice. "'The Duke!' Porthos and D'Artagnan roared out both at once. A burst of laughter was the answer, but finished with a groan. D'Artagnan had with his sword cut in two the poor wretch who had laughed. At the same time, Porthos and his adversary fired on each other, and D'Artagnan turned to him. "'Bravo! You've killed him, I think.' "'No, wounded his horse only.' "'What would you have, my dear fellow? One doesn't hit the bull's eye every time. It is something to hit inside the ring. Oh, parbleu! What is the matter with my horse?' "'Your horse is falling,' said Porthos, reining in his own. In truth, the lieutenant's horse stumbled and fell on its knees. Then a rattling in his throat was heard, and he lay down to die. He had received in the chest the bullet of D'Artagnan's first adversary. D'Artagnan swore loud enough to be heard in the skies. "'Does your honor want a horse?' asked Mousqueton. "'Sounds! Want one!' cried the Gascon. 
here's one your honor how the devil hast thou two horses asked d'artagnan jumping on one of them their masters are dead i thought they might be useful so i took them meanwhile porthos had reloaded his pistols be on the qui vive cried d'artagnan here are two other cavaliers as he spoke two horsemen advanced at full speed oh your honor cried mousqueton the man you upset is getting up why didn't thou do as thou didst to the first man said porthos i held the horses my hands were full your honor a shot was fired that moment mousqueton shrieked with pain ah sir i am hit on the other side exactly opposite the other this hurt is just the fellow of the one i had on the road to amiens porthos turned around like a lion plunged on the dismounted cavalier who tried to draw his sword but before it was out of the scabbard porthos with the hilt of his head struck him such a terrible blow on the head that he fell like an ox beneath the butcher's knife mousqueton groaning slipped from his horse his wound would not allow him to keep the saddle on perceiving the cavaliers d'artagnan had stopped and charged his pistol afresh besides his horse he found he had a carbine on the bow of the saddle here i am exclaimed porthos shall we wait or shall we charge let us charge them answered the gascon charge cried porthos they spurred on their horses the other cavaliers were only twenty steps from them for the king cried d'artagnan the king has no authority here answered a deep voice which seemed to proceed from a cloud so enveloped was the cavalier in a whirlwind of dust tis well we will see if the king's name is not a passport everywhere replied the gascon see answered the voice two shots were fired at once one by d'artagnan the other by the adversary of porthos d'artagnan's ball took off his enemy's hat the ball fired at porthos's foe went through the throat of his horse which fell groaning for the last time where are you going to the devil answered d'artagnan good you may be easy then you'll get there d'artagnan then saw a musket barrel leveled at him he had no time to draw from his holsters he recalled a bit of advice which athos had once given him and made his horse rear the ball struck the animal full in front d'artagnan felt his horse giving way under him and with his wonderful agility threw himself to one side ah this cried the voice the tone of which was at once polished and jeering this is nothing but a butchery of horses and not a combat between men to the sword sir the sword and he jumped off his horse to the swords be it so replied d'artagnan that is exactly what i want d'artagnan in two steps was engaged with the foe whom according to custom he attacked impetuously but he met this time with a skill and a strength of arm that gave him pause twice he was obliged to step back his opponents stirred not one inch d'artagnan returned and again attacked him twice or thrice thrusts were attempted on both sides without effect sparks were emitted from the swords like water spouting forth at last d'artagnan thought it was time to try one of his favorite feints in fencing he brought it to bear skillfully executed it with the rapidity of lightning and struck the blow with a force which he fancied would prove irresistible 
the blow was parried steth he cried with his gascon accent at this exclamation his adversary bounded back and bending his bare head tried to distinguish in the gloom the features of the lieutenant as to d'artagnan afraid of some feint he still stood on the defense have a care cried porthos to his opponent i've still two pistols charged the more reason you should fire the first cried his foe porthos fired the flash threw a gleam of light over the field of battle as the light shone on them a cry was heard from the other two combatants athos exclaimed d'artagnan d'artagnan ejaculated athos athos raised his sword d'artagnan lowered his aramis cried athos don't fire aha it is you aramis said porthos and he threw away his pistol aramis pushed his back into his saddlebags and sheathed his sword my son exclaimed athos extending his hand to d'artagnan this was the name which he gave him in former days in their moments of tender intimacy athos cried d'artagnan wringing his hands so you defend him and i who have sworn to take him dead or alive i am dishonored and by you kill me replied athos uncovering his breast if your honor requires my death oh woe is me woe is me cried the lieutenant there's only one man in the world who could stay my hand by a fatality that very man bars my way what shall i say to the cardinal you can tell him sir answered a voice which was the voice of high command in the battlefield that he sent against me the only two men capable of getting the better of four men of fighting man to man without discomfiture against the comte de la fere and the chevalier d'herblay and of surrendering only to fifty men the prince exclaimed at the same moment athos and aramis unmasking as they addressed the duc de beaufort whilst d'artagnan and porthos stepped backwards fifty cavaliers cried the gascon and porthos look around you gentlemen if you doubt the fact said the duke the two friends looked to the right to the left they were encompassed by a troop of horsemen hearing the noise of the fight resumed the duke i fancied you had about twenty men with you so i came back with those around me tired of always running away and wishing to draw my sword in my own cause but you are only two yes my lord but as you have said two that are a match for twenty said athos come gentlemen your swords said the duke our swords cried d'artagnan raising his head and regaining his self-possession never never added porthos some of the men moved toward them one moment my lord whispered athos and he said something in a low voice as you will replied the duke i am too much indebted to you to refuse your first request gentlemen he said to his escort withdraw monsieur d'artagnan monsieur du Vallon, you are free the order was obeyed d'artagnan and porthos then found themselves in the centre of a large circle now d'herblay said athos dismount and come here aramis dismounted and went to porthos whilst athos approached d'artagnan all four once more together 
friends said athos do you regret you have not shed our blood no replied d'artagnan i regret to see that we hitherto united are opposed to each other oh, nothing will ever go well with us hereafter oh heaven no all is over said porthos well be on our side now resumed aramis silence d'herblay cried athos such proposals are not to be made to gentlemen such as these tis a matter of conscience with them as with us meantime here we are enemies said porthos gramercy who would ever have thought it d'artagnan only sighed athos looked at them both and took their hands in his gentlemen he said this is a serious business and my heart bleeds as if you had pierced it through and through yes we are severed there is the great the distressing truth but we have not as yet declared war perhaps we shall have to make certain conditions therefore a solemn conference is indispensable for my own part i demand it said aramis i accept it interposed d'artagnan proudly porthos bowed as if in assent let us choose a place of rendezvous continued athos and in a last interview arrange our mutual position and the conduct we are to maintain toward each other good the other three exclaimed well then the place will the place royale suit you asked d'artagnan in paris yes athos and aramis looked at each other the place royale be it so replied athos when tomorrow evening if you like at what hour at ten in the evening if that suits you by that time we shall have returned good there continued athos either peace or war will be decided honor at all events will be maintained alas murmured d'artagnan our honor as soldiers is lost to us forever d'artagnan said athos gravely i assure you that you do me wrong in dwelling so upon that what i think of is that we have crossed swords as enemies yes he continued sadly shaking his head yes it is as you said misfortune indeed has overtaken us come aramis and we porthos said d'artagnan will return carrying our shame to the cardinal and tell him cried a voice that i am not too old yet for a man of action d'artagnan recognized the voice of de rochefort can i do anything for you gentlemen asked the duke bear witness that we have done all that we could that shall be testified to rest assured adieu we shall meet soon i trust in paris where you shall have your revenge the duke as he spoke kissed his hand spurred his horse into a gallop and disappeared followed by his troop who were soon lost in distance and darkness d'artagnan and porthos were now alone with a man who held by the bridles two horses they thought it was mousqueton and went up to him what do i see cried the lieutenant grimaud it is thou 
Grimaud signified that he was not mistaken. "'And whose horses are these?' cried D'Artagnan. "'Who has given them to us?' said Porthos. "'The Comte de la Fere.' "'Athos, Athos,' muttered D'Artagnan. "'You think of every one. You are indeed a nobleman. Whither art thou going, Grimaud?' "'To join the Vicomte de Bragelonne in Flanders, your honor.' They were taking the road toward Paris when groans, which seemed to proceed from a ditch, attracted their attention. "'What is that?' asked D'Artagnan. "'It is I, Mousqueton,' said a mournful voice, whilst a sort of shadow arose out of the side of the road. Porthos ran to him. "'Art thou dangerously wounded, my dear Mousqueton?' he said. "'No, sir.' but i am severely what can we do said d'artagnan we must return to paris i will take care of mousqueton said grimaud and he gave his arm to his old comrade whose eyes were full of tears nor could grimaud tell whether the tears were caused by wounds or by the pleasure of seeing him again d'artagnan and porthos went on meantime to paris they were passed by a sort of courier covered with dust the bearer of a letter from the duke to the cardinal, giving testimony to the valor of D'Artagnan and Porthos. Mazarin had passed a very bad night when this letter was brought to him, announcing that the duke was free and that he would henceforth raise up mortal strife against him. "'What consoles me,' said the cardinal after reading the letter, "'is that at least in this chase D'Artagnan has done me one good turn. He has destroyed Bruxelles.' this gascon is a precious fellow even his misadventures art of use the cardinal referred to that man whom d'artagnan upset at the corner of the cemetery st jean in paris and who was no other than the councillor broussel end of chapter twenty six recording by john van stan savannah georgia